This exhortation was brought to you by the Light Bearers, bringing light until there's no more darkness. The mercy of God is God's compassion. When we say that God is merciful, we mean that God is compassionate towards us. When we talk about God's mercy, we are talking about God's kindness towards us. When we talk about God's mercy, we are talking about God's steadfast love, God's loving kindness towards us. You know, the Bible says that his loving kindness is better than life. That is what he's talking about, the mercy of God. That is what God's mercy is. He calls it the loving kindness of God. And the Bible says it is better than life. So, Today, I'm going to talk to us about God's mercy, about God's compassion, about God's sympathy, God's kindness towards us. I'm going to be talking about God's faithfulness towards us, God's steadfast love. So we're going to be talking about God's mercies today. Now, I've defined the mercy of God as God's compassion, God's kindness towards us. I've defined it as God's sympathy towards us, God's pity towards us, God's steadfast love, God's faithfulness towards us. And the Bible also refers to it as God's loving kindness that is better than life. Now, talking about God's mercy, Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Book of Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 4. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4. We're going to read from verse 4 to 6. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4, the Bible says that, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4, the Bible says that, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, had quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. Verse 6, it says, And has raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So Paul writing to the church in Ephesus, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, Paul says, but God who is rich in mercy. So the first thing that Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, is that God is rich in mercy. In other words, God is abundant in mercy. God abounds with mercy. God is worthy in mercy. In other words, that means God's mercy is overflowing. He says God is rich in mercy. For his great love wherewith he loved us. Now, what Paul is trying to say there is the fact that it is because of God's mercy that the love of God was able to reach us. He's saying that it was because God was compassionate towards us. That was why we were able to experience his love. How did we experience his love? It explains in verse 5. He says, even when we were dead in sins and trespasses, he quickened us together with Christ. And in verse 6, he says, he raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So Paul is saying that God is rich in mercy. For his great love wherewith he loved us. So the reason why we know the love of God today, how did God express his love towards us? The Bible says in John chapter 3 verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So the way through which God expressed his love towards us was by sending his son Christ Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And when he died, Paul lets us know in Ephesians 2 verse 5 that we died with him and in verse 6 he says we were raised together with Christ and now we are seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But Paul lets us know that the reason why we could experience this love of God was because of the richness of God's mercy, was because God is rich in mercy. So Paul says God is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. So 
God's mercy, God's richness of mercy is what made his love to be real to us. So God sending his son, Christ Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins was God's mercy. That was God's compassion towards us. That was God's sympathy. That was his steadfast love, his loving kindness that, was, that, is, that, that made his love to come to be real to us. So God sending his son, God making his love to be real to us was because of his mercy. So God is rich in mercy. That is what Paul explains here. So God is rich in mercy because of the mercy of God. Now we can call ourselves believers in Christ because of God's mercies. Now, this same mercy of God is what qualifies us to enjoy the grace of God. So Paul says in verse 5, he says, by grace you are saved. So we are saved by grace because God is rich in mercy. Now, Lamentations, the book of Lamentations, the Lamentations of Jeremiah. Now, the book of Lamentation, that's immediately after the book of Jeremiah, the book of Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23. Now, Paul says, God who is rich in mercy, for his great love when he loved us. Even when we were dead in our sins and trespasses, at quickened us. He says, by grace ye are saved. Verse 6, he says, and has made us and has raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ. So God is rich in mercy. He sent his Christ, his son Christ Jesus to die for our sins because of his mercy, because he is rich in mercy. Now, look at what the Bible says in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23. Look at Jeremiah describes God's mercies. Jeremiah says in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22, he says, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. He says, because his compassions fail not. So, Jeremiah says there that it is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. Now, we are not consumed there. The word consumed means to be finished. It means to be spent. So, Jeremiah is saying here in the book of Lamentations that it is of the Lord's mercy that we are not spent. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not exhausted. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not finished. He says, because his compassions fail not. So, Jeremiah says, it is of the Lord's mercy that we are not spent. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not exhausted. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not finished, that we are not exhausted. It says, because his compassions fail not. So, Jeremiah says that God's compassions do not fail. Because God's mercy means God's compassion. If we say that God is merciful to us, we are saying that God is compassionate. It was his compassion that made him to send his son to die on the cross for our sins. So, it says that it is of the Lord's mercy that we are not spent. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not finished, that we are not exhausted. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. It says, because his compassion passions do not fail. Now, verse 23, it says they are new every morning. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 23, it says they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. What is Jeremiah saying? Jeremiah says in verse 22 that it is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. He says because his compassions do not fail. In verse 23, he says they are new every morning. He's talking about God's mercies here. So Jeremiah is saying that the mercies of God are new every morning. So every time I sleep at night and wake up in the morning, he says even if I've used God's mercies and I think I've exhausted them the day before, he says when I wake up in the morning, the mercies of God are new again to me. He says they are new every morning. So God's mercies are inexhaustible. They are inexhaustible. God's mercies cannot be exhausted. And even if you think you have made use, you have used up all of God's mercies, he says every Every morning you wake up, God's mercies are new. Great is thy faithfulness. So Jeremiah says here, he says, it's of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because his compassions do not fail. He says his mercies are new every morning. 
great is thy faithfulness, O God. So it is God's faithfulness that makes us enjoy the mercies of God. He says they are new every morning. You know, at this juncture, I just want us to declare in the name of Jesus that we partake of the mercies of God. We partake of the inexhaustible mercies of God. In the name of Jesus, can we just begin to pray in the name of Jesus? He says, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. He says, his mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O God. He says, his compassion is not fail. God is rich in mercy. For the great love wherewith he loved us. We he says, it is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not exhausted. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not finished. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not exhausted. We are not spent. He says, his compassion fail not. God's compassion do not fail. God is compassionate towards me. He's compassionate towards you. God sympathizes with you in every situation, in every circumstance. God's compassion do not fail. His mercies are new every morning. Every night I wake up and every night I sleep because in the morning he says God's mercies are newer. God makes his mercies new unto me. I cannot exhaust them. Every morning I wake up, he says his mercies are newer. His mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, oh God. God's mercies are inexhaustible. Every day they are newer. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, oh God. It's of the Lord's mercies that we are not conscious. But his mercies are so great. Oh, his faithfulness is so great. His mercies are new. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Psalm 103. Psalm 103, verse 4. Psalm 103, verse 4. Look at what the Bible says about God's mercies. Oh, God's mercies are new. God's mercies are so great. Psalm 103, verse 4. Look at what it says from verse 1. Let's start from verse 1 of Psalm 103. The psalmist says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. And says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities? Who healeth all thy diseases? Who redeemeth thy life from destruction? He says, Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies? That's where I'm going to. Psalm 103, verse 4, the B part. Psalm 103, verse 4, B. He says, Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies? So God crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. He crowns us. In other words, we wear his tender mercies and his loving kindness like a crown. Everywhere we go to in every circumstance, he says he crowns us. He encircles us. He protects us with his loving kindness and his tender mercies. God's mercies are so great. They are so new. He says he crowns us. So we wear his mercies like a crown. His tender mercies and his loving kindness. That's why he says his loving kindness is better than life. God crowns us with it. He crowns us. We wear it as a crown. His loving kindness and his tender mercies. Now, you see, God's mercies have been made available towards us. The reason why believers in Christ sometimes get exhausted in their work with him is because people have rejected God's mercies. People prefer to go about to try to establish their own righteousness. People are going about trying to establish their own self-righteousness. People have not submitted to God's righteousness. And that's why many times, even when people are great men of God, that is why they fall. They fall because people have not learned to enjoy God's mercies. God wants us to partake of his mercies. God wants us to partake of his tender mercies. Now, Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. God wants us to partake of his tender mercies. He says we wear it as a crown. We wear it as a crown. Hebrews chapter 4. 
verse 15 and 16. Now, it is God's will that will partake of his mercies. God wants us to enjoy his mercies. But you see, a lot of believers do not enjoy his mercies because of self-righteousness. Self-righteousness is what makes you believe that you can do everything all by yourself. It's what makes you believe in your own strength. But you see, a man that knows God's righteousness will always submit himself to God's mercies. He knows that it's not about him. He knows it's all about him. It's all about Christ Jesus. So he knows that, come, whatever situation I find myself, all I need is God's mercies. Because his mercies are new every morning. Now, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. Look at what the Bible says here. It says, for we have not an high priest. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. It says, for we have not an high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. But was in all point tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16, it says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. What is he saying here? I told you earlier, I said the reason why many believers get exhausted, the reason why many believers get consumed, get spent, is because they have not learned to enjoy God's mercy. They have not learned to partake of God's mercy because of their own self-righteousness. Now, look at what it says here in verse 15 of Hebrews chapter 4. It says, we do not have an high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Now, that high priest is talking about, is talking about Christ Jesus. He's saying that we don't have an high priest that cannot feel our weaknesses. We do not have an high priest that, that does not know what we feel, what we go through every day. He says that he knows our weaknesses. He knows our infirmities. He says he was in all point tempted like as we are. He was put to test like as we are, yet without sin. He went through trials, sufferings like as we are, yet without sin. Yet without going back unto unbelief. Now he goes further in verse 16. He says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. Now stop there. The Bible says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. You will not see anywhere in the New Testament where the Bible says we should plead for mercy. You will not see it anywhere. Or where the Bible says we should ask for mercy. There is no place in the New Testament after Christ came where the Bible says that we should ask for mercy. What you will see is that we obtain mercy. Now, the word obtain means to seize it for yourself. The word obtain means to, to catch it. In other words, it says that let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace and seize mercy for ourselves. Let us catch mercy for ourselves. Let us receive it for ourselves and find grace to help in the time of need. Why? Because you see, as believers in Christ, as far as we are men on this earth, we will always need God's mercy and God's grace. We will always find ourselves in situations where we will be in a time of need. There will be times where there will be so much urgency. You will need the intervention of God. And at these critical times, the Bible says, come boldly. Now, notice it doesn't say, come unto the throne of grace. It could have just said, let us therefore come to the throne of grace. But no, it says, let us therefore come boldly. Let us come boldly because, because God knows that for many people, the reason why they will not be able to come out to the throne of grace to obtain mercy is because of guilt, condemnation. People feel condemned and that condemnation weighs them down. So at critical times of their lives, at times when they need God's intervention, instead of them to get up and go boldly to the throne of grace and obtain mercy, they, they begin to chicken out. They can't come with boldness. And you see, once they find themselves in such situations, the devil begins to cheat them. The bigger devil begins to suppress and oppress them. But the Bible says that we do not have an high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. It was not better like us. We are yet without sin. So it says, let us therefore come boldly. Let us come with confidence 
unto the throne of grace. And he says, when we get to the throne of grace, the first thing we should do is to obtain mercy. Seize mercy for yourself. Catch mercy. You see, nobody's going to give you mercy. You know, a lot of times as believers, we pray and you hear believers pray and they say, oh, Father, we ask for mercy. God, you're not going to enjoy God's mercy because you're asking for it. The scripture says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace, obtain mercy. It doesn't say you should ask for it. It doesn't say you should plead for mercy. It says obtain it. In other words, if I find myself in a critical situation and I need God's intervention, scripture says, come boldly to the throne of grace, obtain mercy, seize mercy for yourself, catch it for yourself, obtain it, find grace to help in that time of need. You know, Adi Joshua, I just want us to begin to declare in the name of Jesus that for every one of us on this platform, as believers in Christ, that will come boldly unto the throne of grace. We obtain mercy. We find grace to help in the time of need. In the name of Jesus, at critical times of our life, when we find ourselves in critical situations, become boldly. Become boldly. Knowing that we have a nice preacher who knows what we feel. He can feel what we are feeling. He knows my name. He knows my every thought. He knows what I'm going through. Therefore, I come boldly onto the throne of grace. I obtain mercy. I seek mercy for myself because mercy is my own. God has ordained for me to partake of his mercy. It's not optional. Hallelujah. Now he says we should obtain mercy. Hallelujah. He says come boldly onto the throne of grace. He says let us therefore he says, before that, he says, we have not an high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. There's nothing you are going through that Jesus does not understand. It doesn't matter what the situation is. You see, there are times when we go through things and we know we put ourselves in that trouble. You know, there are things you go through, you know you are the cause of that problem. But it's, that is not the business of God. What it says is obtain mercy. Come boldly to the throne of grace. It doesn't matter who caused it. It doesn't matter what caused it or what led to it. It says come boldly. Come boldly. He knows what you are going through. It says come boldly. It doesn't matter because you see, sometimes sin consciousness and self-righteousness makes us believe that certain things we are going through is as a consequence of what we did initially. But God says that is not the issue. Come boldly. Come boldly, obtain mercy. Mercy is yours. Jesus paid the price on the cross. Obtain mercy. It doesn't matter who caused it. It doesn't matter how it happened. But it says, come boldly. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Now, Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. There is no place in the New Testament where the Bible says we should ask for mercy. You will never see it. What it says is that we obtain mercy. You will never see God say, ask for mercy. In the New Testament, never. Because Jesus paid the price. Jesus paid the price. And because of him, we have access to the Holy of Holies. That's why we can come boldly to that throne of grace. That is why. Because he paid the price. He removed that thing, that thing that caused hindrance, that, that wall that did not allow us to have access to the Holy of Holies. The Bible says when Jesus died on the cross, that that veil tore into two. That veil that did not give us access. And now he says we have access to the holiest of all. So I come boldly. I come boldly to the throne of grace. I obtain mercy at any time of my life. Matthew chapter 5 verse 7. Matthew chapter 5 verse 7. I told you, God never says we should ask for mercy. He says we should obtain it. It says we should obtain it. Now, Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, it talks about the Beatitudes. Now, Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, the Bible says, Blessed are the merciful. This was Jesus speaking. This was even before Jesus died on the cross. 
He says, blessed are the merciful. He says, for they shall obtain mercy. I don't know the version of the Bible you are using, but in the old King James version, it says, blessed are the mercy, for they shall obtain. You never see him say, they shall ask for mercy. No, he says they will obtain. Because you see, God knew that man by his own righteousness will not be able to achieve anything. Self-righteousness will fail you. So you will always need the mercies of God. You will always need his mercy. Now, I want to show you us how God's mercy works in our lives. Because you see, there's a way His mercies work in our lives. There's a way His mercy works. There's a way it produces results in our life. Now, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11. 